Hey guys, welcome to another hey, live episode. Hey, here we go. We're back. Q&A live. Yeah. yeah. How about that? It's our Look, fifth time doing it, I it heard. Is. Really? And this is yeah. a well-oiled machine, and we're able to be so precise <laughs> because of all the support that we get from our patrons. We yeah, love you so you. much. One of the things that we have got very precise is our audio. I mean, <laughs> the audio is so precise, there is no echo whatsoever. I mean, Howard's, just, Howard's just amazing. He is. Howard. Hello from Ireland. Look at Ireland, that. that's Ashley. Ashley. She's always there joining she us on our uh, Patreon oh, yeah, hangouts. Sure. Hey, Ashley. Um, Give your kiddos a hug for me. <laughs> They're still awake. No. It's Ireland time. Ireland's what, five hours? Yeah. Yeah, what time is it in uh, Ashley? What, ti- what time is it in Ireland right now? I think it's five. Five hours later than this. Right. So, let's Great. see here. We're going to get to some of these questions. Yeah, man. After we get the echo. No echo. No echo. Father Pagano, as a missionary mercy, would you please explain a little bit about general confession and how it <coughs> differs from regular confession? Great And question. who should do it? That's for Christine. Yeah, that Christine, that, that is an excellent question. So general confession is, is something that should be done, especially when you take some time on retreat and really look and inventory your whole life and examining your conscience from your earliest memories of, of conscientiously offending God and, and doing what you know is not to be right and just, and examining your conscience thoroughly in like a silent retreat, for example. I've done a general confession as a result of a silent retreat, so spending five, seven, eight days in silent retreat and then doing a general confession of one's whole life can be extremely cathartic. And it's typically done in a retreat format. Yeah. Uh, some priests open that up through their spiritual direction uh, channels as I well. I did so. a general confession with mm-hmm. you the last time mm-hmm. we were here. Yeah, yeah. You so know, because I had it, I had it all written down for a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. I read that book by Saint Francis de Sales, which is the um, intro to the devout life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the name of the book. And he goes through the details of how to make a general confession. I just, I, when I read it, I was like, wow, what a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to do, you know? Yeah. Kind of get off that, you know, you know, rat race type thing with, with your spirituality and jump mm-hmm. back into the deeper meaning of some of the things that you've done in your life and how it's led you astray. Yeah. yeah. It's your, your deep pooling in mm-hmm. that respect. And, and it's a privilege, you know, just you bringing it up too brings back wonderful memories of God's mercy being able to celebrate the sacrament together. And that's what it's about. It's, it's God's mercy. Regular confession to your question, Christine, is where devoutly you're gathering your, your thoughtfulness and your examination of conscience, and you know either weekly or biweekly or at least once a month, going to the sacrament of reconciliation so that you can enter more deeply into the Eucharistic communion with others and with God. So the, the idea of regular confession shouldn't be confused with general confession, and it would require a greater treatment of examination, looking at your whole life in the general confession, and then maintaining, as, as Delacrosse was saying, that regular confession. And, and sometimes it helps you kind of break those routines of uh, you know similar sins, taking it into the confessional and whatnot. And yeah. yeah, we talked about this once in an episode, and we, it was an episode on confession, and we said, well, what if you forget a sin in the confessional? Are you still free of sin if you forgot to mention it? And you said, well, of course, if you say, you know, of all my other sins, that's kind of like the general part mm-hmm. of it. Because otherwise, who could ever account all of their sins? Who mm-hmm. would ever be completely, you know, sacramentally purified through confession? No one, right? I think there was a, a quotation <laughs> from St. Faustina, if I remember correctly. And it's this is, um, you know, obviously paraphrasing. I wish I could memorize uh, all of her diary mm-hmm. because she's awesome. Um, but she expressed that, you know, she would have died of fright, you know, as Jesus was saying to her, if she knew every aspect of her sinfulness, oh. that you would you would die of fright. Mm-hmm. So, and in the same way, if you knew the extent of God's mercy, you would die of ecstasy. Right. In both respects. So you're dying one way. You're not getting out of life yeah. alive. And God's boo. You know, <laughs> a, a big shout out to, to a friend of mine, Joe. I was talking to him the other day, and he's just like, you know, how fragile we truly are, not only in our bodies. He, he worked in the funeral home industry for many, many years, but how fragile our lives are. But on top of that, how fragile our our, our minds are and our and our hearts, yeah. and how you know we're held together with, with just within these within these lines and these these barriers. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty all grace, a great man. question. Yeah. It all is all grace. grace. So here's a question from Katie. Did so. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to ask questions. Happy to do it. For if, sure. If a person is baptized in an emergency and then lives, is the baptism still valid? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, very good question. Um, you know, the baptism is still valid. Um, is, if the baptism takes place in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, in that Trinitarian formula, it is absolutely still valid. Now, I've heard of provisional baptisms as well. So maybe there's a question of whether or not the proper formula was used, mm -hmm. or maybe there's some sort of defect in the form. But it's still, they're saying, look, we're presuming it's still valid, but we're just going to kind of give it another stamp on that. Mm -hmm. So that might be something that happens like in the situation of a war or an emergency accident. Really, anybody, even a non-Catholic, can baptize somebody if they use the proper formula mm -hmm. yeah it was even explained to me like the condensation in the water on like a on a can yeah you know that that you can you can baptize uh with with that substance and um yeah and and in emergent situations that's what's called for i mean we and we learned this um you know with with nacho libre in his movie you know baptize <laughs> why are you not baptized i'm concerned about your soul and stuff <laughs> surprise baptism <laughs> surprise baptism. felicidades, <laughs> felicidades. <laughs> um we've got a couple of viewers i think that are so oh marie i love oh first of all hello marie i love you marie um would lead a study on divine mercy in my soul and uh man i would love to do that too yeah. i i may i'll put that in my in my to-do list so we got, I want to say hello to Fiat Mari. They said hello from the Mariana Islands. Oh, wow. Quite wow. far away. And then... Uh, Where are those? In the Pacific. Wow. Um, is Delacrosse <laughs> wearing jorts? Are you wearing jorts? What are you? No, what these are, are khakis. How are, they don't, <laughs> just because I'm in Jacksonville doesn't mean I'm automatically wearing jorts. Uh Hallelujah! So is this really live? This is this is, this live. is truly live. This, this is, is not like our live premieres, which are the first time an episode's premiering. This is like live. So like if Howard falls over, breaks a camera, you're gonna see it. It's yeah. this is all <laughs> warts and all on this. He one. almost did that actually. But we almost lost a few bobbleheads <laughs> yes, prior to the show. Yes, we did. Um, let's see here. There's a we've got some love from Ireland, man. I'm seeing Ireland all over this. Oh, this yeah. is great. And England, praise God, that's awesome. We had someone from uh, Guyana in South America too, all over the wow. place. Wow. So no, not jorts. Delacrosse, you typically do wear um, shorts, <laughs> shorts, yeah. and flip flops. Um, used to wear those cut off jeans too, like you know, like the thigh high jeans. Remember back in the day? It's all about the mobility. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the kind of. <laughs> if you want to see Ryan Delacrosse <laughs> in some shorts like that, let him know. <laughs> that might be a patron uh, yeah, thing maybe, that we yeah. do. Patron <laughs> hangout. Hey, hey, we need some more patrons. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a question. Delacrosse is in jorts. I th look, we should have a jorts tier. A jorts tier. <laughs> this, Ryan and jorts tier. Yeah, this is this is a good question. Very and good this question. is from uh, Dinzarillo. I think I'm pronouncing it right. So, Father, <clears throat> can someone do penance for somebody else's sins? Like, if a friend is sinning and you are concerned for their soul, can you do penance to save their soul? Yeah, so it's an, it's an excellent question. So first of all, penance is, is like a sense of medicine for the soul. So in, in one sense, now you're, you're on a good track, and, and I don't, I don't want to um, miss the opportunity to express what penance would be and mean for somebody else that you would be doing that. Um, but as penance in the mindset of like, it's medicine for the penitent, somebody who's recognizing their sins and turning from them. Um, the most important person to receive medicine is the one who is sick. So I would first start with the, the principle and the priority of someone who is, is suffering a particular sin. They need to do penance in relationship to their own sinfulness. Now, is there an effectiveness to taking on penance for the sake of another? Absolutely. There's, there's spiritual benefits to that. And making sacrifices uh, for someone else and penances for someone else is really the, I think there's no greater explanation of that than the mysteries of Fatima and, mm -hmm. and the children. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, when we, were in, when we were in Lisbon and we were going through, um, you know, when we, and we visited the apparition site in Fatima, that was the thing that stuck out the most for me is how effective and, and empowering it is as a Catholic, as a follower of Christ, to offer sacrifices right. for others. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. That's the distinction, is that you can do penances, you can do mortifications, and offer them for the conversion of someone else, but you can't save their soul through your actions. Only Christ can do that, mm -hmm. and Christ did that's that right. on the cross. <clears throat> but look at even, you know, 
St. Augustine's mother, St. Monica, her prayers, her fervent prayers for years and years for conversion. Mm -hmm. Look at the Carmelites and their example of being in the cloister praying for people. Look at prayers like the Golden Arrow that are offered uh, for sacrileges against, you know, the, the body of Christ. So there's things that you could do, but can you save someone's soul? No, but you can use your sacrifices and offer them to God in supplication that they convert this person. And so yeah. often, pastorally speaking, I've, I receive people who ask for prayer and proxy for another person. Sure. You know, like, you know, could you please pray for my brother? My brother's going through X, Y, Z. That happens all, all the time. And, <clears throat> you know, making those sacrifices, and I go before the altar, and I, in my heart, I'm bringing all of the previous, so if I'm celebrating 8 o'clock Mass, 10 o'clock Mass, noon Mass, I'm taking all the people who come up to me saying their prayers, I'm taking that in my heart back to the altar at the very next Mass and offering it and pairing it with Christ's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So all of that is, is really important. I think your point, too, you know, what Jesus offers to us is salvation for all, you know, and, and we need to bring people to, to the water. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about how penance is just a, <clears throat> it's a form of prayer. You know, mm -hmm. not only a form of spiritual asceticism and medicine for your own soul, but it is also a form of prayer, mm -hmm. offering a sacrifice. And, and all of this is in the communal life. So what is Jesus getting at with all of this? That we would be one. So, you know, something I was reading, too, is like how much people appreciated uh, some of our Protestant brothers and sisters, how much they appreciated hearing us say our Protestant brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the mystical nature of what Christ is calling us is to perfect unity, mm -hmm. that we would be one, as the scriptures say. So every contextual liturgy that we celebrate as Catholics, as faithful followers of Christ, is particularly driven at how we live mm -hmm. for the sake of one another, how we make penances and we right. sacrifice for one another. It's all united to it's the all sacrifice united. of the Mass. Exactly. Right. Now, one more point I wanted to make on this is that there is one scenario where you can directly offer penances for someone else. You're not saving their soul st still. That's only Christ. But for the souls, souls in purgatory. purgatory yeah. So if you do get an indulge indulgence and you perform an indulged action, you can offer that to a deceased person. Mm. You for mm -hmm. the, you can offer that for them. So say you go through a holy door. Mm -hmm. Say you do the particularly during the month of November, you do the prayers at the graveyard and those types of things. Those can be offered for the person in purgatory, but you're not saving their soul. You are offering them um, your actions as, I guess, payment for the things that they're trying to be purged. It's of. not. It's not to be missed. It's. It's still a, a sacrifice that you're making in the economy of salvation. It still mm -hmm. has merit. It still has importance. It's still a part of the body of Christ. Um, like you know, like you said, it's just not. It's not directly saving their souls, but in a way, it's a part of the economy of God's plan. So, Noah Bruce, I play piano for a school mass every week. There's a layperson that works at the school that sometimes gives the homily. Is this something I should bring up with the archbishop's office? <laughs> well, now it depends. Is this depends. A, is this a, <laughs> well, if this is a prayer liturgy, or, you know, if this is a liturgy of the word, mm -hmm. I think there's some different rules on that. If it's a mass, mm -hmm. obviously it has to be a deacon or a priest. Mm -hmm. Should you bring it up with the archbishop? Here's what I would say. Go back to scripture. Bring it up. I with was going to say the same thing. You go ahead, then you say no, no. But that, that's exactly that's exactly right. Go to scripture. You know, I, I just had a neighbor earlier today. <clears throat> you know, I I put these exterior lighting on my house because every time Christmas rolls around, he's asking me and he's hounding me all the time. <laughs> hey, did you put up Christmas lights? Rich, did you put up Christmas lights? I'm like, Mason, you could go out on a ladder and put up Christmas lights in my house. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm not going to put up Christmas lights. It's a very busy time for it's priests. It's a very busy time for priests. I'm like, and he drives me nuts. He does this every single year. So so I finally put these exterior lights on. They come on. I turn them on. And then he's already contacted the HOA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like Mason. I said the reason I put these things up was for you, so I don't have to deal with you all the time. Call the HOA. So you go turn and call the HOA. This literally happened just like two hours ago. You Mason, turn on, dude. Yeah, and then and then I'm like, you know, dude. He's and then he then he said, mm -hmm. yeah. My wife was like, you're gonna talk to Father Rich. He's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm good friends with Father. I said, why don't you be a good friend and like say, hey, Father Rich, the lighting, talk to me about it. The trash cans on the side of. 
Talk to me about yeah. it. Don't turn to the HOA. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? don't go to the bishop of the yeah, HOA. Don't go to the bishop <laughs> of the HOA. Yeah, the the best thing to do <coughs> is to is to be a man, to be a woman, and 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 have the conversation. If there's a problem, if you have concern, let them explain the situation, and and give that opportunity first. If there's obstinance and there is a clear error taking place, and you've discussed that, and you've brought a couple of other people that have concerns, and you express that, you know then you can go to superior routes. You know, do you go all the way up to the archbishop? Do you go all the way up to, you know, he may have other people that, that would be more appropriate uh, in, in contacting. But, you know, you start with the chain of command. You go to, you go to the person. Just like you go anything to else. A right. couple other people. Then you go to the pastor. Then you go to the dean of the deanery. Then you go then to the HOA. Then you go to the HOA. HOA. <laughs> then the Mason. Then the Mason. Uh, so I know that was a lot. Of, I know that was a lot of uh, energy well, there, but you know that yeah. wasn't directed towards you. The, the other thing is to it's really directed toward Mason. Uh, <laughs> Mason. Yeah, we. I'm calling we, the Archbishop on Mason. <laughs> that's what, that's now that you should go to the Archbishop. Yes, go to the Archbishop. For that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the, the other thing is to know why. The church does it the way it does it mm -hmm. too, and and the benefits there's that yep. there's wisdom there. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why it's it's good to understand that. Yep. Amen. That's that's a great point. So Timbo Slice, Timbo Slice, I love your name. He's an RCIA. He asks any tips on my first confession. I feel like no matter what, wow. I'm gonna miss something. I don't want to bury the priest. But it's a lot. <laughs> Here's a tip. Go to Father Rich <laughs> and do all of it three, four hours, the whole deal. Hey, it's uh, there's nothing more humbling. And, and, and I say that with the utmost sincerity as a priest to be able to sit down with somebody that's that's going through their life. And, you know, like you were talking yeah. about before. I mean, well, my first confession, I remember the line that was building up outside <laughs> of this confessional. And it, it was my first one. Yeah. In, Gosh, years and years probably, since, probably like, the first one ever. I don't even know. Like I don't even know that. In I went to like in comparison, going to confession when you were preparing for confirmation or something. Con right. Like confirmation is usually the last yeah. confession until that, people yeah. hit like twenty five. Like I, uh, I put some yeah. miles on. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, that's that's it though. It's like, you know, that first one. I'm like, I don't know how much I need to say, and he's just like. Okay, you can kind of like generalize <laughs> this a little bit more. You know, you help me through it. That, that's a great point. You know? So, you, I mean, you really you want to concentrate in on a good examination of conscience, a guideline. So, yeah. you know, two of my two of my favorite start with the Ten Commandments. Go to the seven deadly sins, and then you know when you're confessing, you know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. This is my first confession in my lifetime. I have. You know, lied on many occasions. I have, um, you know, bore false witness. You know, in respect to this and that, I, I, um, I have offended my parents, and I haven't been obedient to them, and I haven't honored them. You know, generalizing. You don't have to give stories behind each occasion, but you want to touch on each dynamic and willful choice where you have chosen something wrong that you know objectively is wrong. You want to hone in on those and and collect them in the action themselves to communicate them in a concise way, especially when you're doing like a general confession or, um, you know, even regular confession should be treated that way mm -hmm. too. If you know number and kind, that would be ideal, but when it's your first or it's a general confession, that's pretty hard. When you're maintaining regular confession, you can get into number and kind, and I think that's the best stewardship that we could offer our soul. Yeah. Uh, because we grow more sensitive to sin in that respect. Yeah, and I, I would just encourage you and say, God's just like literally waiting there to embrace you. Amen. And and like, I don't know, like if you've ever embraced a child or somebody that you loved unconditionally, you know, are you hugging them and saying, hey, you know, I mean, did you take out the tr all of the trash last week? Yeah. Or, you know, so I mean, just look at it from a more positive standpoint of I'm just going to bring what I've got. And God's gonna love me right where I'm at. Yeah, and that's like that's a great way. Your your eldest, like Joe, like if if that was Joe's case, and Joe came up to you, and this is something outside of your knowledge, but Joe's like, Dad, I just want to talk to you, and I I apologize because this past week I, 
I messed up. And I wish you know, like, he would I'm, say that to me. And that's and that's the thing, right? That's that's the thing. So your heart immediately would dilate, and you'd want to embrace your son because right. he's being honest about what he's done that's mm-hmm. wrong. The the challenge. And you want to show him love, and you want to show him love, yeah. especially in that vulnerable stage. So that's where that's where you and and as a as a priest and as your brothers here, like. We, we want to affirm you and, and just express to you, like, you turning back to the Father and the Sacrament of Reconciliation and the priest being in Persona Christi, offering you that love. It's about vulnerability, openness, and mercy. And, uh, you know, we just welcome you to the faith, too, brother, as you near mm-hmm. the awesome Triduum and, and being brought into the fullness of the church and prepping Amen. for your first confession, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. And um, I'd say one last thing on that is that in your preparation for uh, the sacrament, look— do do a lot of the the dirty work um, before you before you go yeah. in. Like you can do all. Are you things. saying just like go be loose? No, I'm, I'm saying that go in and <laughs> in your preparation. Are you following this right now, no. <laughs> I am. You're not. Look, <laughs> That's you're I'm so confused funny. right now. You when are. you're doing your examination of conscience, get all the you dirty can get work as done. much of that stuff out. You don't have to then go in and tell the priest. Well, I did this four times. I yeah you know for your whole life story I'm yeah, saying you could do a lot of that in your examination of oh yeah, yeah. beforehand oh yeah and then that's, that's going to and and to your point shield that's going to build up your contrition yeah and right. and that is a very important aspect and and what hold, upholds validity of the sacrament too is is your contrition for sin so, I bet Delacroix wears sandals flip John. flops flip flop flip flop flippity flop flip flip flippity flop ufus uh, question for Father Rich. If Pope Francis asked you to go to serve at a parish in a small town in the middle of Africa, would you do it? Absolutely. I mean, you better. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. Obedience is a real is a real thing, and I think it's freeing when you when you consider yourself, you know, a priest is not his own. Any vocational life is not. I mean, we're constantly inclined toward things that, you know, we technically don't want to do you know like the thing yeah vocationally here like i'm in a blessed situation but at the same time like the the suffering of it is like you know i don't technically want to do this but it's uh it's beautiful because it's it's obedience it's what's being presented to me by god right now and i want to be faithful to it and i want to put my fullness into it and we're all obedient hopefully to our vocations even as a father i'm obedient to the fact that you know what i've got i've got a family this is my vocation Mm -hmm. and Things are not going to go the way that I want them to go, or mm-hmm. I expect them to mm-hmm. go, and I just ha- I'm still. If you in went to the golf, vocation. but your parent, but your kids said, "Dad, we need help with the homework." Yeah, you go and help with the homework. It's the same <laughs> no, thing. No, no, not no. No, it is. I think there's no. G- <laughs> oh, you wouldn't give up. Golf. <laughs> I'm just I mean, they're in like the eighth grade now, so uh, <laughs> they should have it together, all right? <laughs> Dad needs to go hit the. Number links. one, I'm better at golf than I'm at math. Number two, I can't figure your math out. Number three, you're old. Figure it out. And yeah. your mother was way smarter than me. Okay, so go to her. No, I. You know, I, I want to just comment too. I've said this so many times. Man, I just love the Church of Africa. I just yeah. lo- I love the Church of Africa. Yeah. And in many of its different forms and liturgies and all the communities I've had the privilege of of entering into. And it really I'm just a I'm a lover of culture. So you put yeah. me really anywhere in the yeah. world where there's culture and yeah. and and people really living the faith in the in the way that they're they're uh, celebrating and singing music, all of that stuff. I just love it. So, yeah. yeah, I would love to go to Africa and get posted up there. We could do totally do the show there. You know? you. Let's do so, it. Yeah. I mean, the Pope's recent trip to Africa, there was so much beautiful faith there. Oh, my goodness. And I saw a video that they they posted. That was awesome. He went to Africa? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just the people there, the reception there, the joy that they saw, and, and a lot of the suffering that the Pope addressed um, – it was a really mm. beautiful trip. And then, True. real quick, I just want to mention this. There was a terrible earthquake in Turkey. Yeah, and Syria we need to pray. Today. I saw that this so, morning. So, you know, for that. you should all learn about that, pray about that, and, and see how you can help, help out. the mm-hmm. people yeah. over there. Because uh, there, there's a lot dead there. Yeah, they got they, really? they got yeah. hit early morning, and then just minutes later. Yeah, it got hit again. Got hit again. I mean, we're talking multiple thousands of people. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Science 2020. How can you tell when something is ex cathedra? What if a pope said something either intentionally or accidentally wrong and said it was ex cathedra? How would we know? Is it just whoever wins out? So ex cathedra is a very specific term and has to meet some very specific qualifications. Mm-hmm. We've talked one, about that on the first show. First and foremost, like faith and morals. It's got to be in the lane of faith or morals. Right. The deposit of faith. Yep. And mm-hmm. the pope has to intend 
Not just, I mean, you can, the Pope can give an interview and talk about faith and morals and get something wrong. But if the Pope is talking about faith and morals and then intends to define or dogmatically or ex-cathedral speak on it, so there has to be the subject matter, the intention, then it has to be in concert with all the bishops. Mm-hmm. So the Pope can't just come out and say, well, you know what, I, def- I ex-cathedral say that all you bishops are you know, wieners and you're all gone. He can't just do that. It has to be in concert because this collegiality, even with the Pope as mm-hmm. the, the first among the bishops, because, right. I mean, he is the Bishop of Rome. Would that be considered a, a swear jar contribution? Mm. No. The W word? The W word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, you tell me yeah. out there, was that a swear word Wiener? worthy? Dude, that's two now. Okay. Two dollars. Uh, that's slang. Yeah. Uh, no, you can here. get that. Uh, I mean, you <laughs> s- we got our new swear jar This here. is kind of cool. Yeah. Don't swear, it sounds like hell. But use uh, this swear oh, bag. Yeah, you're going in. What? No, you, I'm threw, just out a, you, you threw out yeah, the you H-E double hockey it. sticks. But use this swear <laughs> bank when you. Can you read that last one there? F up. <laughs> Boom! You got I did not uh, say that. All right, so dollar, That's dollar, a double. Catholic <laughs> song guy. Ryan it's all going to the capital campaign. Catholic song guy. Ryan Ooh, the Delgados. Shield. What's your most recent guitar purchase? Ooh. Got a few. Oh, did you? Got a few. I don't know. That's not here. Uh, so I got a, I got a Rosewood Telecaster reissue. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. Wow. Then I got a Thunderbird in Pelham Blue, mm. um, and a Les Paul recording. Oh. So those are the most recent ones. That's for our guitar Not guy. Bad. That's His cool. son's in the seminary. He, he's always on the the hangouts. Ooh, preparation for marriage. Prep. Yeah. Where, okay. Anything that they should read in preparation for marriage. I. This Personally, is from Alice Newhart from Reading, England. Not I would reading, suggest reading. I would suggest the thirty-three uh, day consecration, Saint Louis de Montfort, um, consecrating your marriage to Our Lady and uh, and to Christ through Our Lady. Uh, it's been an amazing blessing in my life as a as a married man, my wife. <clears throat> so this is from Matt Taylor. What are the rhymes? Oh wait, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh, I, I oh, want to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> there's there's one that I that I use uh, quite a bit. Um, and it's Spousal Prayer by Deacon Keating. Um, it's awesome book. I use that with all of my couples preparing for marriage. Um, there's another one out that I'm very curious of. I bought it for somebody. I haven't gotten feedback yet, but I just love Gallagher. And it's mm. um, it's Discernment of Spirits Within Marriage. I've read that. You read that? Mm-hmm. That that looks pretty impressive, uh, impressive to me. Um, I always go through the love languages um, with all of my couples. Yeah. There's plenty of resources out there. Um, I highly recommend that as well. Um, and employing all that, ass- all of the assessment tools, so that you know your personalities, you know, you know where where you stand in areas of bonding and conflict, and areas of growth, and ensuring that you're knowing the other and and recognize where certain things are coming from so i think those those books and resources that are out there are phenomenal um familiaris consortio mm, that's a good uh you know john paul ii's teaching on marriage and family um oh is, natural well, family planning my wife teaches it if you want to give a shout out on our email or whatever i can put you in contact with her but she's got a bunch of couples that she works with before they get married and it it brings about a certain level of intimacy mm-hmm. uh, with the couple. So mm-hmm. um, that's another good thing. I think the ch- church requires it in a lot of it does. And, and what I say about natural family planning, too, is that <clears throat> especially for for the male's perspective, it's like, you know, you can kind of look at that as like, all right, honey, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Just let me know. Green and that or- is a natural instinct. Yeah. Let me green, tell you. Green light, so red light. Yeah, yeah, it's complicated. It's like green light, red light. That's yeah. all I need. Yeah. But if you huh? approach your wife in the sense of like, hey, let me discern this with you, and I'm going to discern you as a mystery of my life. And like when you are open to having children, like I'm knowledgeable of that because the way that God has created your body is something that's altogether attractive to me, and I want to know it. You know, intellectually. No. That's a and quite, that's a pickup line. Look, the way I oh, is altogether attractive. I to learned me. this from a priest. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm, I've got your back. Father, love, back. doctor. I got your back. I'm your wingman, brother. Oh. <laughs> Valentine's Day coming early. <laughs> What's my confirmation name, man? Valentino. Valentino. 
Okay, this is this is a cool question. This is from Ashley, our friend. From and she's Ireland. up late. Let's zoom? give it can to her. Yeah, yeah, Ashley, for sure. Yeah. If someone isn't canonized, can we still pray for their intercession? I love Fulton Sheen, and I often pray for his intercession and feel like it's helped. It has. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. for sure. It has definitely so helped. You could pray for the intercession of anybody, but there's some qualifications that the church puts on the public yep. request for intercession. Exactly. Now, Fulton Sheen is called Venerable Fulton Sheen, which means. He is absolutely, you should be seeking his intercession. Yeah. But when someone becomes a servant of God, then there's there's a declaration that they can then have intercession seek for them. It's possible. Pope, Pope Benedict XVI, who just passed away last month, um, there's mm. already a prayer for his intercession, for the private prayers. Yeah. So there's a difference between the private prayer of intercession the and prayer. the public prayer mm-hmm. of intercession. And then when public veneration can take place, yeah. when when an image is is uh, is erected mm-hmm. or or put you know put into a tapestry or an oil painting or something like that. So mm-hmm. all that's. Uh, yep. So I, I saw somebody else say Faustina in a year. Following my buddy, Father Mike Schmitz. I love Great that idea. idea. Problem is, I've got no time. Yeah. I, I would love to. I would <laughs> the love year to is a very busy time for The year is yeah. a very <laughs> busy time for priests. Um. <laughs> <laughs> These guys give me a hard time all the time. 2023, 2024, 2025. Very, very. Time is a very busy it's time just for being a, a priest. It's, a time, yeah. it's timing. Father yeah. Rich works himself to the bone to the point where he's exhausted. And then we ask and him. And then like, they come over. And then we're, <laughs> yeah. they put a microphone in my hand. And I eat pistachios. <laughs> and Ryan eats pistachios. shells everywhere. And puts shells everywhere. Uh, this is from Andia97. I have a close friend of mine who's five months away from being married in the church. He recently found out his fiance and they are expecting. Oh. Oh, wow. Can they continue with the wedding? Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Of yeah. course. I mean, there's, I mean nothing, yeah. there's nothing preventing that. Um, you know, is it, uh, you know, first of all, we've got to deal with every situation in, in the world pastorally. I mean, nobody's life is perfectly nope. ordered, right? You know, we got to meet each other where we are. Not um, even mine. Yeah. N- <laughs> 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 I know what they were thinking. Thank God. For <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. This is, you know, even though I'm tired, I really, I do love this. This is always a, a joy when we get together. Um, but no, we got to meet each other pastorally, right? So, you know, you, you try as, as our, be- you know, it's our best attempt as priests to say, hey, listen, this is this is what I'm I'm calling you to. This is what I'm challenging to. I do this with every single couple. It's like, look, I know that you know. For some couples, they step up to it. It's like we want to be chased. We we want to save ourselves till marriage, and this is what we're going for. And there's a number of couples that do that, and you see the distinct difference. You see the light. You see the joy. You see the receptivity when couples come to that, and that is the highest form of of pursuit of virtue and and execution of of chastity and and in every respect. Um, however, humanity is humanity, you know, and I, I know I've had so many couples just be honest with me and that's what I want the most is like, just be honest with me, be honest with your priest, be honest with your deacon, whoever your marriage couple to say, you've got a couple's ministry. I'm trying to get it off the ground here because I've got like 40 files of people that I'm doing marriages for. I need help. (laughs) I need, I need help to get this busy time. It's a busy time for (laughs) priests. And then you got a microphone in my hand and you're busting my chops and I got Mason across Mm -hmm. the street saying you got too many lights on the (laughs) You know what I am did, I gonna do? I did notice you garbage can was out on the street. Too. The garbage can was out on the yeah. street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Down cross. Well, I think here's a good example of can a m- couple where the woman's expecting to get married. I mean, Our Lady was betrothed to Joseph, and she was expecting, and they certainly weren't going to be shunned away and not allowed to be married. There's been well, that's a little different. The it's a little, little different, but I mean, Mother of God, can we use that as a typology of this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. What do you think? No, that's typology. Uh, Eric Al Harb, I'm Eastern Orthodox. Can I t- d- attend a divine liturgy? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you can receive. Yeah. And communion. Catholics. So here's how this kind of breaks down. I was reading about this. A Catholic can go to a divine liturgy and receive. In um, in a time of necessity, and have it count as their Sunday obligation, count as receiving the Eucharist, everything, because the Orthodox have valid sacraments, yeah. valid everything. Mm-hmm. Eastern Orthodox, the same, they can come to um, a Catholic church yeah. and receive in a um, you know time of necessity. Can you just do it without necessity? 
that's where it gets tricky because taking communion within the church is a sh- is a sign of your unity solidarity and yeah. solidarity. So by doing that, you're professing your unity not only with Christ sacramentally, but with the whole church and the Bishop of Rome. But so, we got way more to be united on than we do right. not. That's for sure. So I, I would I would ask you know your local parish and your local diocese because rules can vary from place to place, especially when you're overseas. But the Orthodox, their sacraments are all 100% valid. They have valid apostolic succession, and it's really just a pity that it's not across the board already. So and we got to work on bridging, you know? Mm-hmm. Fratres Pontifices, the Brotherhood of Building Bridges. Okay, let's see here. Oh, <coughs> Delacross, we hear that you're going to be hanging out with Keith Nestor. So. I am. Oh, who who mentioned that? that? Who's that? Oh, that's the rosary crew. They, oh, after yeah. they finish doing the rosary with Keith, they all come over here. Well, no, they didn't say that. Well, but, uh, yeah, that was, I'm, that I'm going further. to dinner with, uh, with him and his wife on Saturday. Yeah. That's so awesome. here's, here's kind of how it happens. You ever go out bar hopping and you go out on the nice bars and then that one closes and then you end up at the dive bar afterwards? Me? No, I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> what the that rosary happen? crew does. They all go to <laughs> Keith Nesters and they pray the rosary and then when they're done, they come over and watch our shows. So yeah. It's every week. <laughs> yeah, We're the hey, late bar that's still We're open. family. Yeah, Keith yeah. is awesome, man. He's, he's yeah. a part of the crew. Debbie, this is, uh, can you have your home blessed if your husband's not practicing the faith? Absolutely. And you should definitely... Invite the priest over while he's there. And then do it in his face. <laughs> bless the house right in your husband's face. I just say, Father, just sprinkle my husband with a little more holy water. You're like this. Huh. Hey, have, <laughs> have your husband stand in the basketball rim. And Father, is like, boom, just dunk on him. Like, blessed in your face. <laughs> How far, uh, So this is from Mark Johnson. How close is Father Rich getting his church built? Mark, if you know any billionaire, <laughs> Catholic billionaires, send them my way because we need to raise some serious, serious money. So we not need, a billion dollars, but no, not a billion dollars. But you know, billionaires can can write these checks pretty yeah. pretty quickly. But honestly, if the way that I look at it, if enough of us throw in what we have the capacity to, we should be able to meet our goal. So we're going to public phase on May first in honor of Saint Joseph the Worker. And we're going to be going through a 44-day consecration of St. Joseph starting on the Solemnity, March 19th of St. Joseph. And then that preparation is going to lead us into the public phase of our capital campaign and get commitment cards in. And we're looking for any patron out there and any support financially that we can get so that we can meet our goals and build the sanctuary after the new evangelization in honor of the charism of St. John Paul II. So if you're interested or anybody else is interested in supporting, go to nocateecatholic.com and you'll see a way to support us online. And, uh, you know, I hope to see all of our friends and, and we'll have a big Catholic talk show hangout once we get this place built out mm-hmm. um, and we'll have studios and all of that. So it, it'll be a, a pretty special place uh, moving the church into the new millennium. Yeah, we were in, he's even building a kennel for Howard there. Yeah. <laughs> you dog. Complete with water ball buckets. And <laughs> he's going to uh, love it. So this is from Dino Spino. Question for Father Rich. Any advice for an Anglo-Catholic Church of England who's been leaning towards joining the Catholic Church. Just do it, Dino. That's it. Just do it, Rip man. the Band-Aid off. Rip yeah. the Band-Aid off. I mean, we're so darn close. It's like, yeah. let's just make it happen. It you know, is. Pope Benedict, uh, he made it really easy. So the, if you're in the United States, you can do the um, Our Lady or the personal ordinary to the chair of mm-hmm. St. Peter. That's right. If yep. you're in England uh, or the United Kingdom, it's over there called Our Lady of Walsingham. Mm-hmm. So you can go there. There's and they uh, they retain they retain awesome. all the Anglican traditions, a it's lot of the music. Church. Yeah, oh, it is. And their liturgies are beautiful. Uh, the, some kinda, of their liturgies. It's kind of strange. Like the communion stuff for me is a little like. You uh, know, I think here like for the dunk. <laughs> really? Like, uh, well, I've never done any of that, but I'm just I'm looking at like uh, some of the it. language. Yeah. That I've, I've oh, reviewed, yeah, yeah. like, beautiful. the is beautiful. It is beautiful. I think their liturgy is probably a good pathway to help solve the liturgy wars because it's a really great blend of tradition, of kind of the rubrics of the Latin mass, but the modern language of the vernacular. There's a liturgy war going on? Yeah, there is. <laughs> Pick a There's side, man. Of wars. You're on the side. What are you the doing? War. Look, man, I just want peace You're and not love, fighting, man. man. Mercy, man. you got to fight. No, they, uh, I, I would also say to Dino Spino, which I love your name, pal, uh, the um, you know, if God's put something on your heart like that, like you just gotta keep yeah, you gotta following follow it, man, Amen. because That's He's true. got something there for yeah. you, and that That's would be my advice. You know, is that you know, is just follow truth. follow what's been put in your heart, because there's a journey that you're mm-hmm. on with Him. Yeah, Amen. Check out Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. It's a great book. I would look at um, 
um, Cardinal John Henry Newman. Uh, yeah. That's another great example of an Anglican who converted. Um, so to kill a mockingbird. Uh, uh, how do you guys feel about Father Frank Pavone and the rest of the priests who have been canceled? Oh, uh, I don't know, Bella, man. Do you start with that one? I well, my my Not personal thought is like you were just talking about obedience, right? Yep. And and sometimes it's hard to be obedient and sometimes you're being obedient to somebody who's not necessarily got your best interest in mm -hmm. church's best yep. interest is abusing authority so you know without a judgment to be placed on anybody right because i don't i don't really know everything about the situation um i do know father pavone has been uh self-described as a as the movement right in the church for pro-life and has done a lot of work with um healing women uh, at Ra Rachel's Vineyard. So a lot of beautiful work there. Um, it sounds like it's just something personal in between the two. And here's my opinion know. on it all. I, can, I can't save myself. I sure as heck can't save anybody else. Right. I'm worried about my own salvation, the fear and trembling. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. And I'm going to pray for the salvation of everyone, particularly priests, particularly people who have been laicized. And yeah. I'm going to let the bishops and I'm going to let the church do their job and I'm going to do my job, which is be a parent and try my best to pray you know somebody i think it was the catholic song guide i was i was seeing a, a mm -hmm. quote uh or you know a question that he had but um to your to your question about frank father frank pavone you know i i don't know i don't know the the situation yeah right? you know what's what's said on the news the news that's it and that's not a good no it's not analysis. it's not a good source so you know the thing is is the church has structures of dealing with situations pastorally and has canon law so does does Father Pavone have representation? Mr. He, Pavone, Mr. because he's been laicized. Uh, yep. So, uh, you know, does he have representation? He absolutely has representation in canon law. He should be pursuing the avenues in the church that are there for him to protect his interests. Mm -hmm. The church also in, in her orthodoxy and, and needs to maintain the structures of, of order. Yeah. So if there is disobedience in, in, in line or there's any other types of uh, egregious action, you know, is it blasphemy? I You know, Anything that I've seen, I haven't seen blasphemy, if that's what he's being accused no. of. You know, I, I haven't seen blasphemy, personally. I, right. I, I mean, blasphemy is pretty heavy-duty, um, you know, accusation. Um, but again, I don't know all right. of the scenarios. And, and many of us don't. I think it, the bigger thing is we don't occupy our time with that. I think because it, it, there's no benefit to the kingdom of God for us choosing a side. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, look, look at... Okay, like, and, and I'm not piling this on just for my own purpose. I rarely say this to anybody, but I got kicked out of the seminary. <laughs> it was wrong. It was wrong oh. for that priest to do what he did. No, it's true, for sure. And, for and, sure. and then the associate pastor admitted to this wrongness. I wrote to the bishop. The bishop concluded, okay, whatever, mm -hmm. right? What, but, like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. God still loved me. I, I'm not leaving his church yeah. because a few people— decide they want to do something that's not legitimate, right? Mm -hmm. That happens everywhere you go. Yep. Everywhere you go. Not just in the church. It's mm -hmm. everywhere. You look at you look at the reforms of the Carmelite order of the 16th century moving into the 17th century. What was it done on the back of Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross? John of the look cross. at what John of the Cross went through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and it's the same thing. Like good can come of all of this mm -hmm. because Christ instituted this church. So no matter how much, wherever the error is, it's going to be coursed and sanctified. Yeah. So, you know, the hope is, is that you have saintly people who are going to lock into obedience and say, okay, Bishop, like, I don't, you know, my hope was the Catholic talk show was doing great. Bishop yeah. Holmeyer, like you're canceling. I can't, I can't do yeah. this pastoral ministry anymore. Yeah. You know, like that would be, that would be painful but at the yeah. same time, like, I've got to trust that, you know, God's yeah. going to work with obedience in that respect. He always will. He always does. Yeah, and yeah. I think in prudence, in these situations, you don't know all the details. You don't. You're seeing little news stories, and yep. it's just like uh, anything else in society. Well, do you like the Steelers or the Browns? Are you picking sides or mm -hmm. whatever? Are you Republican or Democrat? It's so binary. You don't know the details. Um, and without having access to the details, I don't think you can make any kind of statement that has any real weight yeah. anything besides saying you know that you'll pray about the situation yeah, i, I think it's imprudent to make a comment on yeah yeah and that's why we don't comment on stuff like that we don't know it 
and and that's yeah, not we could position. and we could we could like generate clicks from that. Oh, we've oh, got yeah. a hard line on Father Pavone. Oh yeah, like we we don't know yeah, sowing seeds of exactly like that. That doesn't help the church and its universality. Pray for the bishop, pray for Pavone, you know, and and then move on with your life. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, and and honestly, like our opinions really don't matter in this situation. They don't. Nope. None of our opinions nope. matter. That's now, why if we prayer, gave opinions, prayer, we get a lot prayer. more subscribers, but we don't. So all of you who are listening, <laughs> just take a second to subscribe. If you are that way we don't please. have to. That way we don't have to jump the shark and start talking about every controversy and do stuff that we don't want to do. Yeah, I don't we wouldn't do, do it. So click that's subscribe. That's not who we are. Um, so me and my, me and my sis. sis. First, I love your channel. Thanks. So do we. Oh man, I like this one. Thank you. This is great. I'm Southern Baptist. I, I went love to it. visit a Catholic church. Uh-huh. How do I know what to do, especially about the sacrament? Mm. Bring Father? your sister. That's beautiful. Well, I think Her it's name is by me, your name. Me and my sis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they share a YouTube account. You know what I'm gonna say, right? I love. It. Yeah. What are you? It's say? all about the Eucharist, yeah, baby. Yeah, man. Ah, you but go she's see, a Southern Baptist. You go to adoration and sit down with Jesus for an hour and. Yeah, that's the truth. That's good. I'm serious. That's what I do. I just bring people to Jesus in the Eucharist. Amen. And just sit there with them. Amen. And then I watch them. Mm -hmm. And you know something that I I always try to express to everybody in my parish that's in leadership and and uh, our ushers and our lectors and you know we need to ensure that we're making everybody feel welcome and that's Catholics and non-Catholics. We're seeing so many people coming through the doors here at St. John Paul II that are not Catholic. And, you know, the, the request pastorally is that you would come to know the faith. And the only way that you come to know the faith is by entering into it and, and getting to know it and getting to know the people and, and asking the right questions. And when it comes to the, to the practice of receiving Eucharist, particularly in, in the reception of Eucharist, mm -hmm. the reception of Eucharist is reserved to practicing Catholics. So what does that mean? It, it means a, a Catholic that's properly disposed, meaning that they would have gone to confession if there's any mortal sin on their soul, and that they would be disposed to receive the Eucharist at that particular liturgy. Now, to be perfectly honest with you, as a, as a Southern Baptist sister of ours, like, you know what? Catholics really don't do a great job at that, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get better in our practice of that. However, you know, your Eucharistic reception shows that you are in mind of the church, like you share the mind of the church, and you and you uphold what the Catholic Church is, the Catholic Church teaches. So that's also what the Eucharistic reception uh, means, among other things as well. So to to realize that you are always welcome, and you know, be sure to contact somebody at the office and say, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking of coming to your church," or maybe if they have an online presence, check on their online presence, get to know the faith a little bit and then how it's practiced. And then what I always show people is when you come forward, uh, you just place your hands over your heart. You know, if you're not going to receive the Eucharist, and the priest or deacon will give you a blessing, and, and, uh, and then hopefully have you join the RCIA, get to learn about the faith, and if God's moving your heart to join the Catholic faith, come on in. Let's get you at the Eucharistic altar. Mm -hmm. Practical point there on that. If you are doing the blessing, either you stay in the, your seat, or if you go for the blessing, make sure you're in the line with the priest or deacon. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get a blessing from the Eucharistic minister. Mm -hmm. So you will, but, it won't but be you, a blessing from yeah, the but you can, you can come forward, even yeah. if it's a Eucharistic minister, you could come forward and you could just bow to the blessed sacrament, that's a, you know, that's that, a good, and, good point. and just show, and just show reverence. And, and, you know, there's always these kind of liturgical folks out there saying, oh, you shouldn't give a blessing during, you know, even as a priest, you shouldn't give a blessing during the uh, procession forward and whatnot, you know, I, Peace be with you. I mean, the uh, the ultimate the ultimate thing is showing reverence to the Blessed Sacrament, and uh, and you can absolutely do that as a non-Catholic. Yep. Craig Nordhues, he was on our pilgrimage with us in, in Spain. Oh yeah. And he sent me an awesome thing. He sent me so when we were there, he was wearing this shirt of Deering banjos. It's a cool shirt. I was like, dude, that's a great shirt. A couple of weeks later, it showed up. So Craig, I have it. Oh, that's cool. Here with me. Oh, do you really? I, I was going to wear it tonight, but oh, then nice. I didn't want to stink up two shirts and <laughs> go through my clothes that fast. But I'm going to wear that. For the, I'm going to wear that, Craig. But he said he's excited to. Um, oh, sweet. To be going on the pilgrimage with yeah. us to Mexico City. So yeah. for if you haven't heard, we are going on a pilgrimage. <laughs> We're going on a pop-up trip to Mexico City, April 17th to the 22nd. Um, we're going to be seeing Our Lady of Guadalupe. We're going to be going to the Basilica. We're going to be going to the Hill. 
uh, what do they call it, the Capilina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be going to the pyramids. Yeah. We're going to be going to see um, Father Kachita, Dan Leary. Father Dan Leary, World Villages World for Villages Children. Villages for Children. Which, Chalco, awesome. Mexico. And we're going to go check out Cachita Cabrera's tomb. Oh, man. I got a picture place, of her man. on my refrigerator. Yeah. I just smile at her every Amen, day. Man, dude. Yep. She's the best. She's such a sweet woman. She and is. then we're going to be doing tequila tastings. And That's you know, Street yeah. tacos. And Spain. <laughs> Well, we're not going to Spain. We're, yeah. We might go back. We Hopefully, we go back to Spain. And while we're on that, I might as well also mention, we have uh, my wife and I run men's and women's expeditions. Yep. We're going to Colorado this summer, and our trips are half full. Uh, you could go to fiatexpeditions.com or estovierexpeditions.com. Build faith and community with your friends in nature. Uh, there's no better way to do it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's really great. Uh, it's filling up fast, so if you want to go with us, we'd love to have you. Being on pilgrimage with all of the people that we went to Portugal and Spain with was what a amazing. Trip. What a trip. Um, yeah, it was really great, and we can't wait to see some of our friends from there and sp- meet some new friends, too. Mm-hmm. So go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Mexico. You can register now. So there's 80 that signed up already? Uh, yeah, it's it's selling out quick. Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's a really easy trip. It's not that long mm-hmm. from anywhere yeah. in the United States, but it's a yeah. great trip. Um, Father Rich, here's a, here's a pretty... Good question, I think. So this is from Don B. As much as I love the Catholic Church, why did it damage me so much growing up as a homosexual person? Mm. That's, uh, you know, first and foremost, Dom, you know, your heart definitely, it sounds like your heart is still suffering from from that experience. And whatever happened, um, you know, or whoever made you feel that way is, you know, that's very unfortunate. You know, every human being, is meant to be loved and you know if if in any way you felt uh you know victimized or hurt in any way like that's certainly not what the church would ever 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 want um you know so often in my pastoral ministry like you know i come across people with all sorts of sexual proclivities especially in the modern era i mean there's there's all sorts of uh gender dysphoria going on and and people you know making choices with their life based on their sexuality but the truth is we are much more profoundly rooted at the level of the soul and the heart uh in our image and likeness that that we are longing for god and you know saint augustine expressed that our hearts are restless until they rest in him and we live in a world post-sexual revolution where sexuality is upheld as um who we are you know and and down to the order of the book of genesis like god god made us male and female and he made us in 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 his image and likeness and and he has made us to be loved and and to be to be loved and to express love to one another so if you have if you've felt in any way uh ostracized that's that's down to the person that ostracized you um you know knowing pope saint john paul ii uh in his in his character of his leadership, Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis, um, who have been my popes throughout my life. Um, and I don't know how old you are, but I, I have never heard, you know, no. anything overtly uh, victimizing, you know, and I and one of my mentors was Father Harvey, who started the courage ministry for people who have yep. same sex attraction. And, um, you know, it was a privilege getting to know how he has led the, for the pastoral care of people with same-sex attraction for, and he passed away, I think, like five oh, years ago or something, six okay. years ago. Um, but, I mean, he started that ministry back in, like, I don't know, like the 70s or yeah. whatever, 80s, uh, Courage Ministries. But, you know, there's always been accompaniment, and whether there's individual churches or individual people that, that have misrepresented uh, what ought to be uh, affected in pastoral ministry, all you have to do is look at the catechism of the relationship to people who have same-sex attraction. You know, and here, here's the thing that so many people are talking about this particular issue within the church right now, as if it's the only sin of a sexual nature, right? But Oh, my goodness. But it's not. It's totally not. I mean, not. there's people who—hookup culture is every bit as damaging to the soul. And as, sin, as sinful. Um, as sinful uh, as— a homosexual relationship because it occurs outside of the context of sacramental marriage. Mm-hmm. That's the church's teaching. It's very clear. Yeah. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. What was right. going on in Sodom and Gomorrah? Right. Lots of fire <laughs> and brimstone. And brimstone. But are there people who are cheating on their wives? That's as bad. Are there people who are 
pre doing whatever premarital sex. Right. Right? I mean, even like scientific studies show that the wisdom of the church was there. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, it's this isn't like uh, new stuff. Yeah. So you know? those are all sins. Yeah, and, and it's so true. And it's like you you can't isolate it to just homosexuality. Right. You can't isolate it just to gender dysphoria or isolate it to just this group or that. There, there is just a clear sense of look. We are we are seeking harmony. We're seeking peace. We're seeking unity and 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 fulfilling the image and likeness of God and how He has created us, man and woman. Like there is there's a sense of drawing into that mystery and living it in in ways. And, and it's hard. It is. It's a it's a cross. It's, it's sacrifice. A, yeah. The, the pathway from your head to your heart is the longest journey you're going to go on. Mm-hmm. Sacrificium. And I, and I think they feel singled out because their particular sin is always being discussed where I would easily say that divorce mm. has... Zero. Divorce has done way more way damage harm. to society yes. than this particular thing. Mm-hmm. Divorce has... Absent fatherhood yeah. has d- done way worse to our society. But are the ch- is the church out there railing against divorce? It should be. Uh-huh. I, I, that's but is the church is the church railing it's against not, homosexuality? Though. But like, th- a lot of this is stuff you hear on Twitter, and people say, well, "Yeah, just people." Have no place and then in the and then it's like, yeah, exactly. It, it's these Twitter wars. It's these you know these people who are just on this kind of bandwagon yeah. type of mentality. And like, and again, even if it's even if it's preached. At a pulpit or something, God forbid, you know, like, which I I've never heard that preach. From I've the never heard that pulpit, um, you know, but it it may have happened. But that's that's again not the church emphatically, you know, communicating that. So yep, difficult important question. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I and I hope you know There's I hope probably a lot of context too that the, we don't know. And about, yeah, they're probably so, and for I that mean, that's all. Here. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all love to you, brother. Is whiskey and bourbon okay to drink as a Catholic? Yes. That's <laughs> <the question. laughs> yeah. Approved. Yes. We'll probably do that later. Besides me, I haven't had a whiskey in almost a year. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Last time we went dry. Yeah. Last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I basically don't drink anymore. That's awesome. I'll have dude. a beer every now and again, but whatever. Dino Spino. Dino Spino. Any reason yeah. behind why the popes have changed from being seen as monarchs to celebrities? I was born later in the JP2 reign, and being Anglican, I haven't seen a monarch pope. Hmm. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that the papal states have yeah, you know, that, went away. That's a, I big, mean, that's a big deal. They really are no longer a temporal power mm-hmm. like they used to be. They used to mm-hmm. have armies, and you know the pope would put on his arm and go and raid Bologna or whatever. Yeah. Right? But it's not really like that anymore. And I wouldn't say they're celebrities. I, they are absolutely the vicar of Christ, um, cele- um, exercising the Petrine ministry of being the sign of unity for Catholics worldwide. Mm-hmm. So they're not celebrities. You know, I mean, you have celebrities in like the spiritual sense, like your Deepak Chopras or something like that. The office of the Pope is much deeper and truer and realer in every sense than that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well said. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Dom, his last name is Borgia. Well, Dom, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Borgia's, that's Pope Alexander VI. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Oh, are we still thinking about going to Pittsburgh? Absolutely. Yes, I yes. was thinking about that this morning. Yeah. To- so much time's passed by where we haven't... Uh, that's been a busy time for priests. It's been that's a busy true. time for priests. Um, but yes, definitely. We'd, I really want to go check out those churches in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, There's one on cremation. Cremation. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good question. Where's that? Carol. <clears throat> if somebody was cremated and they got to heaven, would they still rise with a glorified body in the second coming? No, they would just be a cloud floating around. Don't listen to him, Carol. Nebula. No. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Pigpen from uh, Snoopy? Yeah. It would look a little like that. <laughs> No, of course uh, they're going to get a glorified body. Yeah, your bishop's pulling the plug on this. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry, bishop. Sorry. Well, I mean, look at all the saints. There's been saints who have been burnt to death, you know, like um, Polycarp and Lawrence. Yeah. Maximilian Kolbe. Yeah. You know, Joan of Arc. There's been a lot of saints that have been immolated in fire. Mm-hmm. They certainly are going to get a glorified body. So will people who have been cremated. Mm-hmm. And know. God can pull from the material from all over. God can pretty much do anything he Absolutely. wants. Absolutely. So... Nothing is impossible for God. What happened to Ryan's Golden Girl shirt? <laughs> oh, thank you for asking. Um, what, either ra- I grew or the shirt got smaller. <laughs> <laughs> 
Capiche? I'm glad you like it, Hugh. It's one of my favorite. I also have one that says Savage on it. Huh? What's Hugh's last name? Shoes? What? Hugh, you're responding to Hugh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know Hugh's last name. Hugh Jazz. Oh, my God. Uh, this live Father Rich is tired. This live stuff is just, this yeah. is just great. Thanks a lot for the Hugh setup, you. <laughs> Mr. Jazz. Well, I, mean, I wonder if there's any relation to uh, Janus. <laughs> uh, uh, this is going south very quickly. That is. Thanks, so, appreciate it. Catholic guys, I agree with. Mm hmm. So let's do <laughs> Orthodox priests are so boring. I agree with you guys. <laughs> you guys are cool. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Don't tell them that you said that because yes. we don't want them to beat us up. They got better beards than us, I promise. <laughs> um, Adam yeah, this from is always, the earth. This dust. is always fun to do very these live episodes. We're about an hour in here, and Father Rich has had a long day of priesting. It's a very busy day for priesting. Very busy day. And there's bourbon to be drank. Priest. And a fire to be built. That's right. So Ooh, a fire. Yes. yes, I am in need of a therapy fire. My good friends who just came in, and we really didn't even get much time to hang out and talk and catch up. So I'm looking forward to that. But before we split, it was awesome to be able to reconnect with all of you. This is a great way just to have a live show and have a conversation and hopefully meet some of the uh, the questions that you have. We haven't been able to get to all of them, but thank you for participating in the feed this evening. And we wish you guys a very, very happy St. Valentine's Day. If you don't know about St. Valentine, that's my guy, my confirmation name. And you should check out more on the mystery and the legends of St. Valentine. His feast is coming up at February 14th, praying that God's love enters your heart. And we will see you next week. God bless. Yeah.